welcome to another episode of the Healthy Obsession Podcast. I am Chris, joined as always by my host Hayden. What it do? Hayden, it's been uh, a hell of a week. It has been. There's been a lot of stuff that actually happened this week, unlike last week. <laughs> yeah, also I keep injuring myself in the snow. I need you to, well, it is a really easy week to do that. Yeah. Um, we won't be touching on that much, but like, I, I cut hope my hand safe. trying to get ice off my car. Why'd you grab it with your bare hand? I, I didn't. I was, I was, just, I was trying to brush snow off my windshield, and then I just ended up banging my hand against ice on the door of my car, and I, I cut myself around my knuckles. Jeez. Oh, okay. I've done that same thing. It's so easy to do. Like if your hand just like. Ki- like the lightest of little kisses and it's like oh god it's it's a gash <laughs> so i i'm convinced i just need to swaddle myself and stay inside for the winter it's it's a You're dangerous the kind of person there. who just needs to move someplace warm oh if only no nah, i'm gonna be in Indiana like texas <laughs> too soon <laughs> too soon i'm gonna i'm gonna be in the midwest till i die that's just that's just gonna be a thing it's just so cheap yeah, and that's it is about that. it. <laughs> uh, okay, but yeah, we we did actually have stuff happen this week. A lot of exciting stuff. Um, a lot of stuff that makes me angry. I don't know that there's a single story we're gonna talk about that I'm actually really happy about. Oh come! On. Now that I think about it, no. <laughs> there's some. Well, there's one good thing. And it's the first thing that I think we should talk about. All right, go ahead. The Mortal Kombat trailer came out, baby. I mean, I'm mixed. I'm mixed on this. Okay, but this is the thing. You can't go into it with any expectations. That trailer looks like it's going to look cool. Emphasis on look cool. The story's going to probably be fucking terrible, but I'm going to be there for this dumpster fire ride. And who knows? Maybe it will be okay. Like, that, that's a problem with me in movies, right? Where I try to go into a movie. Normally, like, it, it's a movie that I'm pretty confident is going to be bad. But I, but I still want to sit down and see it, and I try to convince myself. It can still be fun. I just need to turn myself off and let the movie take me. And sometimes it works. And other times I'm watching Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh yeah oh no why do you have to say suicide squad because now that's all i'm gonna be comparing this movie to <laughs> uh and also and so bad for some reason our friends convinced me to go watch transformers 5 in theaters and i i <laughs> could not enjoy that experience either well you made the mistake of going to see it in general at all because like after after four where spoiler they kill my boy ratchet at the beginning i was like (laughs) fuck you michael bay i'm done (laughs) but hopefully mortal kombat being a more beloved franchise to my heart uh and and the trailer looks like it has decent action the blood effects look sufficiently cheesy hopefully it can be fun but, like, the trailer's got this random schmuck as the protagonist named Cole, who's not an established Mortal Kombat character, and that, to me, feels no different than shoving a human protagonist into a Godzilla movie. Yeah, oh, damn. Yeah. I, you're hitting me with these, like, comparisons where I'm like, shit, my little brain wasn't ready for this, Chris. <laughs> you're killing it. I mean, he's a fighter. Assumedly, he's going to be in the Earthrealm tournament, but... Like, I'm gonna, I I have no reason to believe they are going this route because they don't tease it. But if for some reason they make him a Johnny Cage stand-in and he ends up having some power to him when he's fighting, that's gonna make me even more upset. Because aside from uh, Sonya Blade, every other person fighting for Earthrealm has some kind of power to them. Like, Jax has the robot arms, otherwise he's completely human. Liu Kang has the fire dragon thing, otherwise he's completely human. Kung Lao at least has his odd job hat, otherwise he's completely human. Uh, but this well, cool he's guy... he's got superpowers with it, too. Yeah. Because uh... I, I use him, and he can have that, that, that blue shit around it, where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but, but then this cool guy, as far as I can tell, he's just an MMA fighter? Cool. Yeah. 
with a sick birthmark. God. I, <laughs> oh my god, I hate it. Just You can just do the Earthrealm tournament. Mortal Kombat has a good enough story on its own. What's wrong with Raiden gathering together Earth's greatest fighters to fight Netherrealm? How is that not already a compelling story that you need to fuck it up with this weird birthmark thing? And, and Sub-Zero's a fugitive that... The, the that like the government is trying to track down. I don't understand. H- how does any of this fit into Mortal Kombat? Just just do the game. The game is a fine story and would lend itself perfectly well to a movie. Why are they changing anything? Okay, question. How much of the Mortal Kombat like lore do you know? Not not deep enough. Okay, do you know if it was Sub-Zero who kills all of Scorpion's family or Scorpion that kills all of Sub-Zero's family? Uh, I think it's Scorpion that kills Sub-Zero's family because See, I, I do know that in later games, uh, Sub-Zero's brother comes back and after Sub-Zero actually dies and his brother becomes Sub-Zero. See, that's what I thought. But in the trailer, that scene where it's like the old man who I'm assuming is probably Scorpion was because he was flinging the flinging the chain around and he's like killing all these people and it made it seem like that was Sub-Zero killing Sub-Zero's clan killing Scorpion's clan I'm like if they flip that why why just why <laughs> why would you do that and then also we can't enter a discussion about that trailer without talking about how terrible of a get over here that they have like yeah, it was really low energy it was so bad and it was so prolonged like the best ones are when he does it really fast like get over here yeah like that but and no, it was like they, they needed get the money. over here <laughs> they needed the money shot for the trailer and and the actor was just not into it well and there was also they're just like i'm sub-zero <laughs> no shit like we all know who you are yeah. we know the franchise mortal kombat is built enough into the cultural zeitgeist that I'm pretty sure you could you could you could ask anyone like hey this is from Mortal Kombat who do you think this character is and they could probably make a reasonable guess that oh it's the blue ninja that's Sub-Zero like yeah. I, I don't think you'd be too hard pressed to get a lot of people to figure that out I think like Mortal Kombat's that one like franchise where a lot of people who don't know anything about it would still be able to rec- like you just said recognize characters from it and go oh i know who that is yeah, at the very least scorpio and sub-zero because they've been mascot characters yeah. since the beginning yeah yeah exactly um but i mean oh. yeah it, it's still probably gonna be fun i think the action will be fine i i think oh, yeah. if there's a movie i could turn off and enjoy it's probably this one because i'm not saying and- i'm incapable of it i just pick terrible movies to try it on can we just get like wasted and watch this oh my god yeah because <laughs> this is the kind of movie I'm like, oh, we got to get drunk and just like <laughs> have a ball watching this thing. Because it's coming straight to HBO Max, so we'll be able to watch. I don't give a shit to see this in theaters, unlike Kong Godzilla vs Kong. But I would watch the hell out of this. I'm gonna probably watch this movie a bajillion times, doing the same thing with other people, being like, yo, we got to get drunk and just watch this. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. If it weren't pandemic times, I would love to leverage my AMC A- uh, A-list and go see it in theaters, because I'm sure it'd be a lot of fun to see in theaters. But definitely right now, I'm not going to go out of my way to do so. Yeah. Not for this. I'm not that big of a Mortal Kombat stand that I need to go to the theaters. Not like Sonic. I, I had to see Sonic in theaters. Well, you gotta. Well, we didn't talk about that. That they announced the sequel. I, I mean, it was it was basically confirmed. It's not really news. It's just oh, called Sonic I think you the Hedgehog Two, with the tails. Yeah, which is great. Um, one thing I did like, and I find the most promising thing in it is gonna be Kano. Yeah, Kano. Even though I thought good. he was a bad guy, and he's like part of Earth's team, and I'm like, what? Yeah, I think uh, Kano is like an anti-hero that way. Like he he flips later. It's kind of malicious, like a a a uh, what do you call someone who's a gun for hire? A mercenary. Jesus. <laughs> we just let everyone in on a little a little snippet and how I how my brain works all the time. <laughs> it's that every day. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know the most about Mortal Kombat lore. It's just the basics. Um, but that makes me a little upset at this trailer. 
Oh, uh, come on. But also, like, Raiden's my favorite character. Love my boy Raiden, and uh, I really hope he doesn't get sidelined as, yes, I'm another Earthrealm fighter. I'm a god. Because, yeah, he, he's supposed to be the god of Earthrealm, and he, like, barely even features in this trailer. You see his eyes, Lord Raiden. <laughs> yeah. And and that was it. You're like, oh, okay. Uh, but in related video game news, uh, there are rumors coming out that there are going to be at least two new Silent Hill video games. Which, in its own way, is both exciting and frustrating. Mostly because of everything that went down with the Silent Hills reboot with Kojima and Del Toro. I mean, aside from that, Silent Hill is a good franchise. It deserves better games than it's had in recent years. And I'm not going to begrudge Capcom for trying to make those games. Uh, not Capcom, I think Silent Hill is Konami. Um, especially when Konami has been... Uh, so significantly invested in the pachinko market that I would just like to see them make video games still. But you just want them to stop making kaiji pachinko machines. <sighs> boy, boy, Hayden, I would burn the entire pachinko industry to the ground if I could get another <laughs> season of kaiji. <laughs> it's it's insulting what they did to my boy. You can all you can always dream. <laughs> always dream. One day you might get the another season. You won't. Spoiler, he won't. <laughs> I, I could. Uh, uh, Sentai, I think it's Sentai, they bought the rights to Kaiji, and they're gearing up for a new home release that's going to be an HD release, along with the manga finally releasing in English. There's hope. There's hope. They can get sales. Yeah, you got to get people to buy their shit out of that. Yeah. It's your only hope. It's, it's the only anime franchise that I have now gone out of my way to support the official release. I've bought the manga. I'm going to buy the Blu-ray. I would, I would be excited for these. I'm switching back to Silent Hill. I would be excited that for the reboots because I'd actually play them since I'm trying to start playing more spooky games. Um, and so, you know, that's promising for at least for me. It's like, yeah, I'd play them if they make them, but I'm not sitting on the edge of my seat going, when are they going to do it? Come on. Yeah. And plus, I mean, Silent Hill games are so hit or miss anyway. Like uh, people, <laughs> people resoundingly think Silent Hill 2 is one of the best horror video games ever made. I think Silent Hill 3 is pretty well received, but after that, when it starts getting real spin-off-y, a lot of them are, like, decent to bad. Ooh, that's never good. Yeah. But uh, hopefully these reboots will be pretty good. I I doubt they'd be able to capture the same kind of feeling that Kojima was going for with Silent Hills, but Silent Hill itself is a good franchise that deserves more games, and hopefully Konami doesn't fuck it up. And that's really all I gotta say on that. But then okay. one more video game story is we did have our first full size Nintendo Direct since last not even last September, but it was twenty nineteen, yeah, wasn't September it? September twenty nineteen. Jeez. Since then, you know, pandemic hit, we didn't have E three, and we've just had a bunch of tiny directs until now. Um, but even though we had a big 50 minute long direct, a lot of people still came out of it disappointed by the lack of big news. Well, they talked about it being like, oh, this will be about the lineup of games that are going to be coming out in 2021. And then the flagship game was basically Splatoon 3. And I mean, Splatoon, from I've never played it, but I hear it's great. But it doesn't have the sprawling audience that a Zelda or uh, a Metroid or a new Mario game would have. Yeah, which, I mean, Nintendo does like to take their time on these things. Um, Miyamoto is famously quoted as saying, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, a delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is bad forever. So Yeah, Cyberpunk, yeah. <laughs> so we didn't, we didn't get anything on Breath of the Wild. They literally just said, we're working on it. And for me, I'm okay with that, because... These are dangerous words to say after Cyberpunk, but I trust Nintendo to make a, a good quality product. Um, but it is disappointing. On the flagship series, yeah. Yeah, but it is disappointing that four days before the 35th anniversary of Zelda, all we got was a confirmation of the Skyward Sword HD remaster, which Skyward Sword is already a pretty uh, heated topic among Zelda fans. Some love it, some hate I was, it. 
Yeah, I was gonna say when they were showing that, I was like, "Isn't this like least loved <laughs> Zelda game that some there people is? really like it? It doesn't work for a lot of people, though." Okay, and uh, I mean, I... we we did get a spiritual successor to Octopath Traveler as well, which for me isn't a big deal, but I know that a lot of people, Octopath is a really good game, and it really works for some people. It just didn't necessarily reach the biggest audience it could have. Yeah, that working title though was wild. <laughs> yeah, Project Triangle. It's like untitled strategy. Project Tactical Game, and you're like, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, and yeah, I was really excited to see Splatoon three because while I don't really play Splatoon, it makes me immensely happy that it exists, and I like interacting with the brand. Which, uh huh, is- yeah, I know, I know why you really like it. I I won't go into it. We won't expose you on the podcast yet but i i know the real reason i don't even know what that means i just like squid idols mm-hmm. <laughs> which i was very upset to not see a new pair of squid idols how, how are you not gonna show me the new squid sisters for splatoon 3 come on there were new ones in two yeah because the, the first one I, was callie and mari and the second one was pearl and marine uh but callie and mari were still there as part of the story you're just talking to me right now. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming they'll have a new duo this time. Uh, Nintendo, when are you going to give me that Squid Sisters Idol EP? Just, just get, I just <laughs> need the Splatoon music in my ears, please. But Chris, we got no new Pokemon, and I'm sad. I mean, I know they had already showed the new Pokemon Snap stuff at a previous Direct, but... I would still like to see it, but like, hey, yeah, this is reminder. This is when it comes out because I don't, I don't remember when does that come out. Do you know? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure either. But also, and we were talking about this before. I think before, maybe after the direct. Where are my Coliseum HD remakes <laughs> or even XD Gale of Darkness? Like, give me those again because I, when when at least for me, when Nintendo was like, yeah, we're bringing a Pokemon game to our main console, I was like, dope. We're going to get a new Coliseum Gale of Darkness style game. And then they were like, hold on. Here's just a regular Pokemon game on it. Which is great. I mean, I love Sword and Shield. But I think they need to make more narrative-based Pokemon games rather than it's, you're a 10-year-old doing the same old shit. Like, the, the different world and politics of the Coliseum games, I think, Coliseum games, Coliseum and Gale of Darkness, I just think is an interesting touch in a different, you just get to see Pokemon in a different way, I think, where it's not like, oh yeah, these are the Pokemon you have to catch. It's like, no, you have very select few that you could use and you, it's kind of much more like a true RPG where you have to prioritize who you actually put in your party and if you get them or not. But that's just me as a Pokemon stan. I just want more creative games. Yeah, in general, I wish Game Freak would open up the doors and Nintendo would license Pokemon out to other developers to let the franchise breathe a little bit. Yeah, that'll never happen. Because the the Pokemon formula, for me at least, is so stale. I I don't even like playing main series Pokemon titles, and I know a lot of people are feeling the same kind of burnout. Especially when now the games are so bloated with the amount of Pokemon you could get that... In Sword and Shield, I didn't begrudge Game Freak for not putting every single Pokemon in the game, but I also understand where fans are coming from, where, like, I also literally can't import my own Pokemon into the game after you've built up this Pokemon Bank software. It it all just kind of feels like a cop-out. So I, I, I would like to see other developers have a chance at it and do games that are more thought out than here is a world with every Pokemon, like you said. Um even if it's not a remake of Colosseum, something in that series, another spiritual successor would be nice where the world is thought out and it's not just, here's another region that for some reason has every Pokemon before it. Yeah, I think that the big thing, at least how I remember it, the big thing about the Pokedex and Sword and Shield, it wasn't that they were limiting how many you could get, it's that there was no national decks at launch. So when the game came out, you literally couldn't put the Pokemon in, like, if you had one that was not in it, you could not bring it into the game at all. Previously, like, you'd have the regional decks, which you'd play through the whole game with X amount of Pokemon that are available to you. And then, 
you could bring in your favorite or whatever afterwards. And people were most, I think, mostly pissed because it just showed, okay, well, that means they just don't have the sprites done for every Pokemon. And granted, there's a shit ton of them now, but Pokemon's whole thing is catch them all. And you had a game where you literally couldn't get them all. And that's just a bad look. And it's especially shitty when, like I said, you have the Pokemon Bank, which I'm pretty sure is a thing you pay subscription to, to keep your Uh, Pokemon available to you. They have changed it. It, Pokemon Bank was the old one on the the handhelds, and that was like five bucks a year. You had access to it, and then it changed to something else on the actual Switch, and I don't remember what it's called now. But it has essentially made Bank obsolete because you're supposed to move everything from Bank to the new thing because they're not making handheld games anymore. Oh, okay. I don't know it. Well, either way, it's, to, it's to a have a software that the, the entire purpose is to be able to save any Pokemon from any Pokemon game, and then you're only cranking out main series titles, and then those titles don't even let you use those Pokemon, it it's just a slap in the face of the fans. Like, why do I even interact with your extraneous software if you're going to limit my use of it for literally its intended purpose? I love that we're rehashing a conversation that happened like a year and a half ago. We didn't didn't have this forum here then, but now we do. So we can hash up old wounds. I love it. I don't even think that's the proper saying that I just said. So so we're going to just keep rolling. What's next? Because I don't, unless you have anything else on the direct that you wanted to talk about. Uh. No, just in general, I I think that there actually was a lot of good stuff here. It's just not the stuff people wanted to hear from it, so it did come off as a little disappointing. I think in regards to Pokemon, normally they like to do their own directs with a lot of Pokemon news, and I think going into the summer, where hopefully we will have an E3-style direct, we'll see more Pokemon stuff there, we'll see another preview for Breath of the Wild there, Um, I'm not anticipating another big-budget Mario game for a long time, because normally those are limited to one per console generation. And since we already started with Odyssey, I'm not holding my breath for another big Mario game for a while. Uh, Also, I saw a very funny meme about the Splatoon trailer that I I don't know if I posted in our Discord. But you, you know how the Splatoon 3 trailer opens up with a shot of the Eiffel Tower upside down in the sand? Yeah. I saw a tweet that was a screenshot of that, and it said, Splatoon 3, uh, colon, the French are dead. <laughs> yeah, you, t- <laughs> you did tell me about that. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. my favorite thing. <laughs> we, uh, we also, you saw that there is supposedly a American remake of the Korean film Train to Busan. And you had some thoughts. Yeah, fuck Hollywood. Um, I, I'm I'm just getting tired. This is I I was like this could I could blow this up into something much bigger, but I saw a lot of there were some really good tweets about this. Have been like uh the whole movie Train to Busan has so like is part of the reason why it's so good is because it has so much to do with Korean culture and all all the intricacies of living in South Korea and like the, the simple fact that the main sticking point of the movie is that it's centered around light rail. And guess what? The U S doesn't have light rail. Yeah, That's a good so, point. Like, is this going to be on a fucking New York metro? Train, a tra- like a, a, a cross country, tra- the, uh, Oh, what is it? I'm trying to think of there's a train line you can take up North, but of course I won't remember what it is. Um, but it's just like, what are you gonna is it just gonna be a light rail version with white people <laughs> like I, this this can tra- this could transition very well into your rant um but i'm just like hey western world if you can't stand to watch cinema that doesn't have white people in it get the fuck over yourselves like jesus christ it's this isn't this isn't the 1950s where people are like, wait, people speak other languages because, you know, Americans are fucking stupid. Um, but it's like the subtitles are a thing. You can appreciate really fucking Parasite won a bajillion Oscars and the movie was in Korea. Korean. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, also, yes. 
I guess both of those were right. Like, if if you see Parasite, which I did, I love that movie. It was my I'm, it was my favorite movie of that that year. I'm just like, you can also appreciate this. Like, you, I just can't comprehend people who have to always see live action white people in it. My the part where I was gonna go, I could blow this up to something bigger. Is while we're at it, stop doing. <laughs> And this goes for Japanese versions of this too. Stop doing live action versions of cartoons for the love of God. Can we just appreciate animation for what it is? Like I know the Japanese do their own live action, so it's not nearly as egregious as when, you know, Hollywood's like, we're going to do Ghost in the Shell. And it's like, oh no, please don't. And uh, so I'm I'm not going to go into that because I don't have my head straight to actually speak coherently enough on it just bottom line why hollywood just why like the movie's really good although i haven't seen it um so yikes but i mean everyone who i know have seen it said the movie's freaking amazing and okay that should be enough that should be enough is all i have to say hollywood how about you come up with your own goddamn ideas and (laughs) stop just remaking shit it should really be normalized in America to watch other country cinema. Oh, yes. I, I can't tell oh. if it's the nature of the white man to only enjoy our own creation, or if it's the coddling of American culture by way of, we are Hollywood, we have Hollywood, we make the movies. But there there is just a feeling in the, the culture that... I mean, foreign films aren't released in theaters. And then when you're home, so many people are like, I don't want to read to watch my movies. Like, my stepdad is like that. He refuses to watch anything with more than uh, two minutes of subtitles. Like, a foreign scene in, like, an otherwise good movie, like John Wick, that's fine. But an entire movie of reading subtitles, that's too fucking complicated for him. And as a blossoming cinema snob, (laughs) <laughs> I love Asian cinema I haven't seen enough of it but I have seen enough to know that I love their style it's fresh it feels different because it has different proclivities towards filmmaking stuff like Parasite or Train to Busan or you know old samurai movies old boy kung fu movies it all feels inherently different and part of that is a different set of production values like Japanese cinema always looks really weird and kind of low budget. I, I think it has something to do with the way they shoot their stuff. But Korean cinema is pretty on par with American. And oh, Train yeah. to Busan especially, it's one of the more unique kinds of zombie movies I've ever seen. And that extends beyond its setup being on a train. It's just a really good film and I wish more people gave it a chance to watch. And the idea that you would take something so unique and so uniquely built on the culture of another country and bastardize it for the intents of selling it to an American audience is kind of insulting to the legacy of the movie itself. And it's not like this is anything new. We've been doing it for years, remaking Japanese horror for an American audience, even though, you know, even though Japanese cinema can be weird, uh, J-horror is really fucking well done. And the only way anyone ever hears about The Ring or The Grudge is, oh, that's a remake of a Japanese movie. I know that one. No, you don't. Yeah. Well, they did the same thing with The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, didn't they? Yeah. Because, like, I is that a French? Was it a French movie? Uh, I, I couldn't it tell was you. So, it was a European movie. And I heard, I, I haven't seen any any of the movies, whether it be the original one, the Hollywood ones. But it's just like, I heard that the original one was really, really good. and But then they're like, oh, this was good. Okay, we'll remake it in Hollywood. Like, why? Why can't we just appreciate other culture works? Like, it doesn't always have to have an American spin to it. And I'm sure if they gave it to the right director, you could probably make a decent American version of it. But more often than not, when it comes to foreign remakes, they're always fucking middling movies at best. Yeah. Like, uh, do you do you remember the found footage movie Quarantine? I don't think so. It was about a news reporter and her cameraman going into an apartment building, and it turns out to oh, be a yes. zombie movie. Where, like, at the end, it was revealed it was like human rabies. 
Uh, oh, okay, yes, yes. That yes. was a remake of a Spanish horror movie called Rec, uh, R-E-C for record. Oh, so that's why the the Hollywood version sucked. Yeah, and it was a fucking okay found footage horror movie, but I've heard that the original version is actually phenomenal. Ugh. Which I, okay. I haven't seen, because as much as I'm a proponent of foreign film, uh, I've only really dabbled in Asian and a little bit of French. I haven't seen any Spanish cinema. We're going to need to move on, or I'm just going to start getting really sad. Yeah, I will probably watch it anyway, and you should definitely watch Train to Busan because it is a very good movie. Yeah, my Chris, my list of movies just keeps growing. I got to stop watching anime. I have a problem. <laughs> also, I, I saw there was a thread on Reddit about this remake, and I saw a very funny comment that was like, Train to Boston, starring Kevin James and Pete Davidson. <laughs> No, that's going to be so accurate. It's not even going to be a horror. It's going to be like Cabin in the Woods horror, and I'll just cry. Uh, But now to trigger you, okay, you shared a great article that I only read like two to three paragraphs of because I got the gist of it and knew exactly why it pissed you off. But how about how about you tell the people a little bit about? Your next cinema victim. I, I I had almost forgotten. I was too busy getting mad about literally everything else we've talked about. <laughs> it's the angry, depressed podcast okay, this week. Long story short, Martin Scorsese is a doddering old man with shitty opinions. <laughs> so We're starting out hot. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote this article that at, at its core is supposed to be a tribute to an Italian filmmaker. Uh, but he starts the article with this long preamble lamenting the the devaluation of cinema as we know it and it's it it's it it seems to me that his his core thesis on this idea is that in the age of streaming cinema movies are being referred to more as quote content than they are actual films, and that for some reason this devalues the idea of cinema. Like here, I I will I will read a sentence from his article. He says, "Flash forward to the present day, as the art of cinema is being systematically devalued, sidelined, demeaned, and reduced to its lowest common denominator, content." And I don't go fuck yourself, Martin Scorsese. Yeah, I don't really understand that argument at all because I I mean, you watch way more movies than I do, but I still watch a lot of movies too. And I have never heard in the discourse around movies them be referred to as content. Well, this could like, be an industry thing. Okay, true. Okay, if it's from that, that would make sense. But I'm like, from the consumer side, no, that's completely wrong. Like, I... I Content to me is only referred to as like podcasts, YouTube, and streaming. That's content to me as someone who watches and is in those spaces. Like if you use, oh yeah, I'm making content, you're on some sort of social media e site. You're not making a movie. So I, that alone, I was like, yeah, I don't really need to read the rest of this because he's he's lost me already. Yeah, it, it it gets a little lost in the weeds where I can't necessarily tell if he's trying to say that movies produced for streaming brands are somehow less of art or if he's just complaining about the industry. Because I could see where he's complaining about upper management not respecting the artistic vision and just wanting content for their platform. But I, yeah. I can't imagine that that's a new thing. Well, wasn't he the one who referred to as... Uh, the Marvel movies as not being true cinema. That was James Cameron. Oh, okay. But I can maybe never, also there's so Scorsese. many of them. I can never remember who said yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> a, a lot of people have come out and said that. So honestly, if Scorsese had that opinion too, I wouldn't be surprised. But the main one I remember saying that is James Cameron, and also fuck James Cameron. <laughs> is there is there any old person in Hollywood that you like? Well, maybe if they moved along with the times, I wouldn't have to fucking call them out. Or, or at least, like, if they don't want to move along, pull Tarantino and just make a love story to what Hollywood used to be. Yeah. Because that's all Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is, and that's one of the reasons why I fucking love that movie. Uh, which, by the way, Mank, streaming on Netflix right now, is also that style of movie. 
Oh, it is? Yes. Uh, it is is about uh, uh, Herman Mankiewicz, who was one of the screenwriters on Citizen Kane. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a movie about uh, his process writing the movie and uh, semi-biographical of the struggles he went through with uh, a couple of the big Hollywood studios as well as the Republican Party in Hollywood in the time. Yeah, I know you were telling me about this in Discord earlier, I think this week. And I, yeah, I need to see, I need to add that one to the list, baby. I need the <laughs> uh, Oscar noms to come out because that'll make me watch movies real fast. Cause yeah. Which I, Bank, I, oh, Bank is, is in talks them. as a potential nominee. So yeah, there is that. I can't, how, or, <laughs> what? Um, Netflix is going to finally get their best picture win this year because uh, what else is... Uh, yeah like it's just really net, uh netflix stuff at i least wouldn't from be what surprised if netflix has at least three nominees for best picture this year aren't the golden globes tonight oh are they i think they are <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea That's... i i barely pay attention to when award shows are other than when they drop nominees oh no they they're next sunday they're in a week okay okay um, but yeah, then the, just the other thing on Cor- Scorsese I want to hit is he, he makes this oft comment, this off comment that is, uh, he says in parentheses, the best streaming platforms such as the Criterion Channel and Movie and traditional outlets such as TCM are based on curating. They're actually curated. Shut up! Just yep. let people enjoy what they like. There's still good movies elsewhere. You can't just proclaim what the best platforms are because they're fucking curated. You're you're literally taking control away from the consumer to enjoy the things they like and trust a platform to make movies that are still good. Mank being on Netflix doesn't devalue its it's it, it's identity as upper cinema. It's still a piece of art, and it not being on Criterion Channel doesn't make it any less for that. I loved that quote because I was like, I only knew of TCM, and I'm like, TCM, really? Really? <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I watched basically a Hallmark film. <laughs> and, I, and I do think Scorsese actually makes some good points in this article because he also says that uh, algorithms are bad because it drives people away from things that could be really good and drives them more into trash. And he doesn't like the idea of uh, a machine telling you the next thing you should watch. But the way he writes it, this just comes off as an old man arguing against change. You know? Yeah, I realized I just got TCM confused with the Hallmark Channel, so uh, I apologize, <laughs> TCM. I take I, I scrub that from the record. <laughs> but yeah but that was the interesting thing is that he even has the thing in there where he's like and i've i've been a part of it too because like uh watch mccall last year um the irishman on netflix the irishman was on netflix <laughs> like so i don't know it's yeah i don't know like he makes some good points i respect scorsese as a filmmaker he makes very good movies and and i and i can't say there's not anything of value here but the the way he starts it and the way he writes it, it 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 just sounds like he's arguing against the times changing around him, and it's not a good look. Yeah, I'm, I'm so I would fucking agree. tired of old people yelling about the new age. Adapt or die. <laughs> and and that's that's my whole thing because like that was that was just the beginning of that article. Otherwise, it's just a tribute to another fantastic Italian filmmaker. Yes, that filmmaker's name was Federico Fellini. Yeah, there you go. I just wanted to say, I probably said it awfully, and if any people, any Italians are watching, I'm so fucking sorry. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Okay, well, with that out of the way, the last thing we want to touch on this week, uh, the Crunchyroll Anime Awards finally happened. Uh... And uh, they seemed to have some... Uh, some different idea about the time frame of releases to include stuff in their awards. Yeah. Uh, 
If only because when we did our own little awards, we did not include Beastars, but Beastars was actually featured pretty prominently in the Crunchyroll Awards. And I will defend that decision as it originally released in Japan in the fall 2019 season just because it didn't get an English uh, subtitled and come to American Netflix until 2020. I think that's a bullshit reason to throw it in. But granted, I don't think anyone had even... Unless you had a VPN and were watching Japanese Netflix, there really wasn't a way to watch it. So I get it both ways, but I still stand by us not throwing it in sure. for 2020. It was a gray area. Yeah. Um, Which is also why it didn't really win anything, was because, like me, when I was doing the fan voting, I didn't pick it for anything, because I'm like, it didn't come out in 2020. But I'm a crusty old man on that. <laughs> I'm not adapting, so I might as well die. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but just to start us out, I do want to say that Beastars did win the most important award, and that was Best OP. As yeah. it should. Which, I, I mean, to Crunchyroll's yeah. credit, I know that we've given them flack in the past for like having shit nominations and winners for their award shows. But I, I'm looking through some of these nominations, and there's actually some hits here. There's some big hits. They're giving Great Pretender its due. Uh, keep Your Hands Off. Azokan is featured prominently. That, uh, I was watching the uh, Trash Taste stream of it, and that was what they were saying, too. Was it, it's not like in previous years where like, My Hero, Demon Slayer wins everything. It was there was a really good mix. My issue comes from how much shit Jujutsu Kaisen won. One, and this is really the only reason. It's because it was only half of the damn season. <laughs> like, if that whole season had come out in 2020, it would have probably been show of the year for me. It would have probably beat out Great Pretender for me. Um, but it didn't. And so, like, in their, their anime of the year nominations were Keep Your Hands Off Ezekin, Jujutsu Kaisen, Great Pretender, Dorohidoro, Apare Ranman, and Beastars. Two things there. One, Apare Ranman is a great show. Not anime of the year, wild. It's the only kind of award show that I can imagine where the show that would win a category of best drama wasn't nominated for anime of the year. Or for the 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 big award. The like uh Fruits Basket won Drama of the Year, which I fucking loved. Didn't see that one coming, but it was my pick. So I was like, fuck yeah, this is dope. It beat out, well, the only thing it was really going up against would have been Great Pretender and Beastars because the other three categories, wild. Um, And so actually, wait, now looking at that, yeah, Fruits Basket was the only choice. But <laughs> it wasn't nominated for Show of the Year, which is wild to me. I, I, I don't know. And also, you were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but I was just clicking through the the categories here. Uh, the S- season two of ReZero did win Best Fantasy, and it also wasn't nominated for Show of the Year. Yeah, so wait, okay, what were the other... Comedy was <laughs> Kaguya-sama, not nominated for Show of the Year. I, I, like, you can't have it where a pretty much clear... Because, let's see, in in the fantasy one... The only other one that was actually nominated for show of the year was Dora Hidoro, which I would argue that the first half of season two of ReZero was better than Dora Hidoro. I, that first half of season two is so goddamn good. I just have some issues with what was nominated. I know it wasn't the best year, which kind of makes it even more unex- inexcusable as to why certain shows like didn't get into certain nominations. I, I I don't know. I, and again, nothing against Jujutsu Kaisen because it's really fucking good. But I just, and this is more a personal thing with me, I find it really, like, even with ReZero, there was a reason why I didn't pick ReZero to win show of the year in ours. And it was because only half of it was out. If if that was, that was it, like that was season two, was that first half, I would have probably picked it because it was so damn good. But my warped way of looking at things is if the whole show didn't come out i find it it's in a really weird gray area for how i judge it 
I'm much more in the terms of like, okay, so the second, like for Jujutsu Kaisen now, and I think there's another, oh, ReZero now. Like the second half is in this year, 2021. So I would look at the whole show in terms of being done in 2021. So that's how I would look at it. But that's a personal preference thing, and that's getting away from the awards themselves. Um, There were a couple things I wanted to point out that were also some surprise some surprises oh i uh sleepy princess got fucking robbed for best comedy <laughs> just saying i mean i knew kage sama was gonna win but like sleepy princess was the best comedy anime we're not joking there's no joking here who won the best oh i was kind of surprised that subaru won best jp voice actor um probably shouldn't be because I don't know. Well, the the category was weird. I wanted my girl. Oh God, I don't know how to say that. The chick from Wave listened to me because it was a show about radio. So like, she slapped. It was great. Uh, the alternate category for that, the best VA for an English performance. Uh, I kind of don't like. I I don't want to detract from his performance, but I kind of don't like that a character that was featured in two episodes of My Hero got best performance when. Uh, the voice actor for Laron and Legoshi were both nominated. Yeah. 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 Who I both I mean, think are fantastic. Yeah, that was that was one of the because I think my hero. Oh, my hero won best fight scene too, which was like. Yeah, I think that was the only thing it won. It won that, and then the the voice actor won. But it, those came early, and you were just like, oh, okay, cool, dope. But overall, I thought the show was really good. I mean, it was only an hour. Like, they were just like, bam, bam, bam. Here's your awards. So, from that standpoint, I thought the show itself was really good. Um, yeah, assuming Crunchyroll just... survives another year, they seem to be getting their anime awards down. They're, yeah. They're figuring it out. What was the... Actually, wait. Who won Best... In- oh, Best Antagonist was also Jujutsu Kaisen. But then again, that... how. Rachel not winning is a travesty because fuck that bitch. <laughs> she's the biggest go. Oh, she's the worst. She's the worst character on that list. So she should have won. But my boy Hinata won best boy. And so I was happy. Which was kind of surprised that he won that. But I mean, Satoru Gojo would probably be from Jujutsu Kaisen or Legoshi would probably be the only real competitors. Absolutely would have voted Legoshi. If Honest Voldigold from the Misfit of Demon King Academy had won, I would have laughed my ass off. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so, that's the whole title of that show? Yes. Jesus Christ. It's a light novel. What do you want? I guess. For for the <laughs> listeners, the, the full title is The Misfit of Demon Academy, colon, History's Strongest Demon King Reincarnates and Goes to School with His Descendants. Yeah, I, God, light novel. I... I hate the light novel industry. <laughs> Jesus they, Christ. They tell you exactly what the story's about in the title. What do you want? You know, Japanese porn is named the same way. Is it really? Yeah, it kind of is. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> good good show. Um, The Jujutsu Kaisen winning on half of a season pisses me off, but all in all... It's a popularity contest, basically. I'm very sure. curious how much fan voting plays a role because clearly a lot because I don't feel like if it was like the Oscars where it's only the Academy and it's people who've seen everything, that's my biggest well, issue with no, it. no, they haven't, but yeah. They should, yes. Theoretically, they should have seen everything. Um, It's really weird for me for like, because I know... People, most of the, the majority of people who voted for Jujutsu Kaisen, I could almost guarantee you haven't seen any of the other five shows on there. Yeah, Jujutsu Kaisen winning feels like a recency bias. Yeah, like if that had come out in the summer season, I doubt it wins. But that's why I think what hurt Azakin is that it came out in the winter last year, so that was forever ago. Beastars wasn't going to win because it came out forever ago too. No one yeah. saw, like, people saw Opera Ranman, but not enough. 
I do. And then think, the other two uh, are Netflix shows. I do think Azel Kin got its dues with winning Best Director and Best Animation, though. Oh yeah, especially yeah. Best Animation. There, there shouldn't oh. have been a contest for anyone else. Like Great that Pretender was... is great, and Beastars is unique, but Azel Kin was really a treat for the eyes. Oh yeah, as mostly as you know, it went on and the story became less like, oh wow, this is awesome. They, it still had great animation throughout. This is very consistent. Yeah. But I have learned some things on how to categorize awards. So <laughs> as long as as long as we're still doing this shit in uh ten months, uh the twenty twenty one anime awards show will be a lot different and I think a lot better. Um so I'm looking forward to that. So Chris, we can't stop doing this, at least until then. Look, podcasting is easy. There's no reason for us not to do it. <laughs> barring True. me breaking a leg in a mire parking lot which you apparently almost did today yeah almost just rolled my ankle well anything else you want to throw in here before we go no i think that'll do it i'm all i i'm, I'm low energy now i spent it all yelling at scorsese there's a lot of rage fucking at me one. scorsese you won't <laughs> it's like if we ever if we ever made it big from this and actually tried to like go to some movie events, we're gonna get blacklisted immediately. <laughs> yeah, we should go to a film festival sometime. Ooh, that head up be to fun. Toronto. Try, try and go to Sundance. Yeah, <laughs> get credentials. They, I guess Sundance <laughs> is a meme, so we should go to Toronto instead. Sundance is a meme now. Wow. I think so. Look how little informed I am. I think it's like the same way that like, oh, that's Oscar bait. I think there's all also a certain caliber of movie that is shown at Sundance and people kind of clown on it. Uh, okay. I believe it. There's I've heard stuff from people who've gone. Like, there's so many movies that get shown there. It's kind of ridiculous. But Toronto Film Festival, I've heard, is really good. And it's actually, it's closer than Sundance or uh, South by Southwest. Where is Sundance? Is it in Colorado? It's in Utah. Salt Utah. Lake City. Oh, God, yeah, that... Toronto would definitely be closer for us. And South by Southwest, I believe, is Austin. Yep, it is. But yeah, so I think that'll do it for this episode. We will leave you with that. A little bit shorter one this week, but, uh, yeah, that's what happens. We said what we wanted to say, and we said it. Yeah. So, as always, uh, check us out on Twitter, at Obsession underscore pod. Uh, you can find me and Hayden on Twitch at Gooser, spelled G-O-0-S-E-R, and Sonicals. If you're listening on Apple, leave us a review and a five-star rating. And if you're not, at least tell a friend. Help us spread. And uh, I think that's where we'll leave you. So say goodbye, Hayden. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.